Hello and welcome to episode 25 of a podcast that may have changed its name by now in your podcast thing of choice. It used to be the Decided Schematic Advantage, and we're bearing the lead right now, I guess. I don't know if that's the appropriate usage of that term. This is let's roll with now it. going to be known as, yeah, let's roll with that. It's now going to be known as Academically Ineligible. Just like everybody on Ole Miss's team, pretty soon, I guess, right? Or I don't know. Segway. No, that's later. We'll, we'll talk about Ole Miss later. Ineligible. That's more like UNC, I think, is academically ineligible. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. Um, nothing's ever going to happen to them, though. That oh, investigation yeah, no, no, no. is going to uh-huh. is going to be ongoing like forever. Uh, so let's go. Team would get like three years of probation or something. Exactly right. So let's go and do uh, little intros here. So I'm Andy. Just go alphabetically. I'm joined this week by I, on the West Coast. Actually, actually no, I forgot yeah. about. Wait to <laughs> know your alphabet. Whatever. Also, sharing this exact same name as you. Uh, I, <laughs> I'm Andrew. Uh, I forgot you were here. Thank you. Your fellow and resident Ohio State fan, who's who's ready. November again. All right. Because January sucks. <laughs> Sorry, December thirty first. Jo- joined on the best coast by. I'm Chris. Somebody. Token Pac-12 fan. Token Pac-12 homer. But are you a Pac-12 fan or just a Washington fan? No, I'm just a Washington fan. I guess fan from the Pac-12 would be more appropriate. There you go. You don't chant Pac-12 when you beat up on um, FCS programs? No, I generally hate the other teams in the conference with a burning what your, passion. But what are your feelings on the Mountain West? <laughs> uh, I enjoy the Mountain West. It's fun to watch. It's not the whack, but what is, really. Yeah, indeed. That's what I always say. All right, and uh, we're joined a little further south, actually the most south of anybody that could actually make it on the program today. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah, no, yeah, still, yeah, he's further south than I'm. Give, yeah. a, give I, us a little Tom. twang, a little twang for us. A little twang. I, I can't do it really well, I don't think. I don't I don't really do the southern accent very well. Anyway, I'm Tom, uh, Clemson fan, national champion, Clemson Tiger fan, sorry. Mm-hmm. I wondered how long that was going to take. It took like 10 seconds. Well, I mean, yeah, I was the fourth to speak, so it took a while. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it. Um, the 10 seconds was probably all the time that Ohio State actually had a chance in that game. Uh, excuse me, we had yeah, four whatever. minutes at the beginning where we looked promising. <laughs> so <laughs> Four minutes of game time or real time? Yeah, I don't know because like, it's pretty much, it was pretty much your... Second off, your first offensive possession went nowhere. Then your second one, which you started in field goal range, went backwards ten yards. Oh, we had so, that, I mean, uh, a pretty good defensive stand there. And then we got the pick off Watson's. What was his first throw? Yeah, but then you went backwards after you. Well, you know, your you offense got, going. Sometimes you got to go backwards to go forwards. But you never went forwards. It's, sometimes you got to go real far back. Trust the ball. <laughs> the punt is the most important right. play of the game. I don't know if you're aware. Well, I, I will right. say I watched the game on YouTube. Uh, I've been watching it yesterday and today, and I found out that they had more punts than first downs in the first half. We were winning so by doing the most important play of the game. We had more important plays than you guys, so I don't know. It sounds like we won overall. Is that what happened? 
Yeah, we're uh, champions of oh. life. Mm -hmm. Okay. You in Tennessee? Oh, we took that from them. <laughs> Butch Jones doesn't even have that anymore. Well, um, I guess getting into actual uh, preseason content here, we've got a somewhat updated preseason poll by Sporting News. And I'm not going to read all the way to 25, but I am going to read number 25 because coming in there is your Tennessee champions of life. They made it in. Hey, when do the like real, number 25? When do the real people preseason polls come out? Isn't that soon? Yeah, there's like nothing out there right now. That's why I was sporting news. Um, I think it's it? probably uh, fairly August soon. Sometime soon. I only care about FPI, so wake me up when the FPI rankings are out because they are the best. <laughs> I think ones. they're already out. Oh, okay, we should look up those. Um, oh, and I think they have a high state. They have a high state. Like, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> that sounds like actual uh, journalism or something approaching that. So we did not do that. Um, I'm checking. Yeah, yeah. They they actually have Ohio State as number one. So clearly, uh, this is wrong. As I was saying, FPI is the only ranking that should be used and the best one out there. Twenty-seventeen FPI. Congratulations. Uh, well, let's this just go really through these because so they're, they're they're probably slightly more accurate than the sporting. They have Notre ones, Dame is just... twenty. <laughs> Auburn is fifth. So <laughs> there you go with that. You know that sounds right. Okay, so we can safely ignore. I don't these, even then. think Michigan sixteen. Yeah, let's go back to the Georgia's sporting news 13. rankings. I, Georgia's thirteen. I, I yeah they they Tennessee lost is, me when I saw Notre Dame on here. Tennessee is nineteen. Tennessee is ahead of Notre Dame. Kentucky is thirty fifth. So just for. If you want to get your bearings, and South Carolina is 32nd. So there's you get your yeah, bearings so on where this is. Good, good stuff all around. Washington hmm. State at 24, okay. Northwestern at 29, all good stuff. Okay. All right. Well, the sporting news ones read like this. You got Bama, number one. That's a big shock. Um, you got USC at number two. Ohio State at number three. Uh, Free Shoes University at number four. Florida State, if you're a casual football fan. Uh, Clemson, at number five. Too high. Somehow. Too high. I'd put them more in the 10 to 12 range, personally. Yeah. but um, Penn State at six. I really don't get that. Whatever. Oklahoma at seven. Washington at eight. And that, that makes sense to me. That seems pretty good. Uh, Michigan at nine. Georgia at ten. and That's about right to me. But... Um, Fair. Auburn at 11. Uh, we'll just go through 15. Louisville at 12. Wisconsin at 13. Um, LSU at 14. And Florida at 15. Mm. Yeah, I think that's that's really anybody of relevance, I guess. I, I so, anything stand out to you guys there? I mean, Michigan at 9 and Georgia at 10. I think Michigan's, um, Michigan's getting all like the hardball factor. Especially, they're not coming off like a great... Um, recruiting classes last year, so it's they're, and they lost what they what was did, it like ninety yeah, percent of their have team. Like a ton. They, they a lost ton everyone. They had so many seniors. They get Spates back as their quarterback, who was garbagey towards was the end of the season, good. but he was also injured. Yep. Um, I mean, he looked decent at the beginning of the season. They got hey hey, it's it's okay. Harbaugh said the other day he's doing great. He is actually co-number one with two other guys. I yeah, he said, Spates is doing great. He has is competing for the starting job. And 
kind of like reminds me of the first season of Last Chance U when they had the offensive coordinator was talking about James Franklin the third. And they're like, yeah, he thinks he's good, but like he's not even beaten like this down home boy who's the quarterback right now. So. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, you I can't don't... beat like a, a kid that couldn't even get a scholarship anywhere except to a JUCO. Uh, yeah, you're not going to be good at a Division One program, and he's proven that to be I the mean, case. Can I? I just how many losses does losing Julius Peppers count for? Because that's what I need to know. Julius Peppers, Jabril, you mean? Jabril, Julius. How could you? How could <laughs> you? Peppers, Julius. How could you forget about the greatest? I like it. College football player our generation's ever seen. I mean, even if he wasn't hyped to hell, he yeah. plays in the Big Ten, so I don't pay attention. <laughs> I feel like it was some kind of like cosmic justice that he got his only interception in the career versus us. But it was off some tip pass. It doesn't even count. <laughs> so, yeah, so he's off the team. So that's like three or four losses, Jake, right? Jake Butt's off the team. Wins. Taco's off the team. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, wow, this almost sounds like a Big Ten preview podcast, but go ahead. Jake Butts, tacos, no, we're not previewing peppers. anything. We're just talking about what's who's not on on Michigan anymore. Spaghettios. Sure. Can't think of who else, but they lost a lot of people. Okay. Yeah, I uh, I'm shocked that they're they're so high. But this is sporting news, so what do they know? So let's uh, let's talk about Penn State. I saw they they lost their 240 pound kicker. He um he left the team. Well, I don't know if that means he got kicked off or what, but. Happened a few days ago. That you know who I'm talking about, yeah. like five ten, two hundred forty pound yeah. kicker that like tried to knock people yeah, out. And then when people tried to knock him out, they got penalties for it, which is bullshit. Like if he wants to play, yeah. you yeah. gotta be ready to play, dude. Well, apparently, and I'm not making light of of any of this. Apparently, he has a really bad alcohol pr- problem, and I think he went into rehab. So hopefully, he gets right. Yeah. Um, that was an interesting story, though. That. I mean, he's such a. I mean, a punter that like wants to hit people is not his beer belly gave it away. something you ever really see. What? I said his beer belly gave it away. Mm. Yeah. Um, and yeah, Clemson. I I don't. I don't really get the the number five thing, but see what happens. Yeah, I mean the defense uh, will be really really great, but Clemson lost almost all their offensive production, so that's. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. Well, you you lost the best quarterback you've had in ever quite some time, if ever. Probably yeah. ever. I would probably say ever. I mean, I'm trying to think of other standout quarterbacks at Clemson, and I'm coming up short right now. I I do remember Cole Stout. He was a real head turner. He was good. Taj Boyd. Uh, um. Charlie Taj Whitehurst, Boyd was good. Perennial Jesus. Clip, clipboard Jesus. Charlie Whitehurst. Um, yeah, Taj Boyd was obviously good. Hmm. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway. Anything else to jump out here that we want to uh, talk about before we move on? Uh, Auburn's pretty high. Uh... All right. Yes, I've been waiting to talk about Jarrett Stidham because, as as everyone may know, he's the second coming of God. He is a former five-star recruit that played. A portion of one season at Baylor when their starting quarterbacks got knocked out. He had, uh, can somebody pull up his stats while I'm going on my rant? Um, He he had a limited amount of of opportunities there 
he looked okay against obviously Big 12 defenses. Um, his rushing stats were pretty much non-existent. Um, he's a passing quarterback. He's a Texas quarterback. I mean, what do you expect? He a uh, really good passer. He passed for 70 uh, 68.8%, 1265 yards, 12 TDs, two interceptions. 109 attempts. So two TDs and two interceptions? 12 TDs and two interceptions. Oh, 12. Okay. He also rushed. Yeah, I mean, that's what everybody's looking at. 36 times for 70 yards, which is an average under A two. total of 70 yards. Yes, for two touchdowns. Yeah, so, okay. So the... Um, that's what I have. The, it also says he no, that, those it, so I don't know how, that's, right. how that's true. Interesting. So the uh, prevailing wisdom among people that cover the SEC, and we'll get there when we talk about the Auburn thing, but I just wanted to uh, to go on a quick little um, preview rant of um, how I do not understand how he is supposedly the perfect quarterback for Gus Malzahn's system. Who do you guys think is the perfect quarterback for Gus Malzahn's system? Uh, There's only one correct Cam answer. Newton. Cam Newton. Yes, Cam Newton. All right. Is Cam Newton... Anything like like Jarrett Stidham? I, I I can't tell you because I've never seen him play. Jarrett Stidham. <laughs> do you think Do you think that Cam Newton has more than seventy yards rushing I, in I college? I don't want to say that Cam Newton is the only perfect uh, <laughs> quarterback in that system because what's his name was actually a pretty pretty good. Well, let's talk about the system. What What is the system? It's a It's Run a variation system. of the. It's like a veer triple option, yes. uh, very rushing spread attack. Yes. Basically, mm-hmm. where they pass. About thirty percent of the time, maybe. James Franklin. And the best to be <laughs> actually, to be fair, he, he does. He, actually, he would have been. Yeah. Uh, so uh, to be fair, they brought in a new coordinator who is an air raid guy, who seems like the perfect guy for Jarrett Stidham. But this pet peeve of mine when people are like Stidham, who is a aired out like air raid quarterback is the perfect guy for Malzahn's system. If he does well, it's not going to be in Malzahn's system. It's going to be in this new guy, Chip Lindsey's system, which is, like I said, a lot more like air raid-focused. Uh, so we'll, we'll see how it goes. The problem last year when they had a coordinator was that uh, Malzahn started getting his hands into things again and started screwing around with the playbook. And so most people that know anything about the SEC think that Malzahn's not going to be able to resist that again this year. And he's going to start trying to call his own stuff. So we'll see. Nick and also, Stidham, when he put up great numbers in the spring game, was playing against their second and third string. So, Are we going to hear Nick Saban start asking for uh, rules that limit the amount of times you can throw the ball in a game? <laughs> Hopefully. I, am I don't surprised know. He... After the national championship last year, he didn't start calling for more time uh, in between plays. Like in the, pr- there, the pros, you can't. A, um, in the pros, you can't. You can't run a, a, a hurry up like you can in, in college because you're not allowed to hike the ball. What? <laughs> that was super duper creepy. I know you're not, because okay. you you didn't hit record in audacity. Yeah, anyway, so you're not gonna show up. Anyway, um, we're talking yeah, to so. no one. <laughs> yes. Yeah, so definitely I, not I, talking I'm, to Mike. I'm surprised after he got you know 99 plays run on him that he wasn't like that's too many plays. We should 
limit how fast you can hike the ball in between plays. You know, he seems to be more of the more of the opinion that these days that like if everybody else is going to do it, they're going to do it too, so they get somebody like Hertz out there. I don't know. Did, Wait, we'll see so, what they do this year. Yeah, because their new offensive coordinator isn't a spread guy, is he? The guy from uh, no, he came from the Patriots. He was a tight end uh, coach there. And his all of his experience before has been obviously pro style, which I mean the Patriots I guess run. A spread. They run. Th- they run. I was gonna no say they, they run a lot of spreads. So. They run no they huddle, but it's not hurry up. Well, you can't hurry up in the in the NFL. That's yeah. why. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we'll see what happens. Yeah. It was funny. I kn- I did see that Saban went on a rant when people. He he went on in one of his things that kind of starts out with the reporter asking him a kind of innocuous question, and he starts to answer it and goes on like a two or three minute thing, and then he just like snaps and he's like, and I don't know why you want to call it, you know, wh- why you guys think it needs to be a ball control offense because we got him, you know. I never said that we were doing that. Blah blah blah. But then at SEC media days, he did talk about how they needed to basically run more time on the clock and give their defense a chance to stay off the field and that kind of stuff. So that does sound more like ball control to me, but we'll see. I think hurry up is fine as long as you can sustain drives, which yeah. was a problem for them in the playoffs, I think. Yep. So uh, let's get into our topics here. So the first one on here is a really uh, cheery thing, but uh, CNN – I'm assuming it was them that originally broke this story, but that's who I found in the first results, which was that um, they uh, a study was done of former, obviously, uh, NFL players that were deceased. Their families sent in their brains to be um, analyzed, I guess, for science. Yeah. Um, probably because they... they Thought that they may have CTE. That's what I was gonna say. I don't know if I mean like it's a it's a pretty jarring statistic, but then you think, well, this wasn't really yeah. a random test. It was family sending no. in brains, which probably means that they thought there was something. So, yeah, I think it's probably that. So I was gonna mention that as a big caveat here is yeah. these people had the brains sent in because they thought that their relative had CTE, and. Um, so anyway, 99% of these tests um, says it was identified in 110 out of 111 former NFL players. Um, and then there's another statistic out of 202 deceased former football players total, a combination of high school, college, and professional players. CTE was neuropathologically diagnosed in 177, and that's out of 202. So anyway... Um, yeah, it's uh, it's shocking news, but when um, when big people run into each other multiple times over their um, you know playing days, then it's going to be uh, bad for the brain. Yeah, it's gonna kind of slosh around in there. Surprise! Surprise! Um, <laughs> so I'm, I know that you're, the NCAA is trying to. Um, to bring this back to college, there's no more two-a-days this year, which is new. Um, as a result, I think that they're allowed to have more like practice days, which is why most of them are start. Most schools are starting like a week earlier. But um, and I also read somebody say they're like one of the coaches was like he's like it's not really that 
the two-a-days aren't as necessary these days because all of these players stay during the whole summer anyway. Mm -hmm. Um, It's not like it used to be when they were coming back maybe a month before practice to start working out and getting and losing all the weight that they'd put on over the summer. Like now it's a, it's a 365 day a year thing for the most part. Like these kids go home for like holidays, but that's most of the time it because they're encouraged to show up for voluntary quote off season workouts. Yeah. But but, I mean, the the only difference or caveat there is that, um, Incoming freshmen don't get in until almost August. At least at Clemson, I think it's mid-July when they get on campus, unless they're early enrollees. Right. Right. So anyway, no more two days. Um, most people are starting practice. I think um, next week, I think somebody may... I think one of these programs is actually starting Thursday very soon. Tomorrow, I think. Wow. UW starts on Sunday, I think, or Monday, and the press conference is Sunday or something like that. Nice. Nice, nice. All right. Um, I did read an article so, like a year ago that like baseball concussions that it was either women's soccer or women's basketball was actually the sport where concussion rates are the highest, which was super interesting to me. Hmm. That is interesting. I don't know. I forget why they said that was, but I mean, soccer makes sense because you're hitting a ball on your head all the time. Soccer, I could definitely see. But I want to say it was women's basketball. Which it didn't make much sense, but who knows? Elbows to the head or something, maybe. Yeah. Them girls play dirty. Yeah, I know. In and in soccer, you're gonna have a lot of elbows to the head. Like when people go up for the ball and try to head it, they frequently, um, basically try to box each other out. And there's a lot of and also multiple people going for the ball with their heads tends to get a lot of like head-to-head contact. So, I could definitely see some CTE in that sport as well. Yeah. All right. Well, let's go on to the next subject. So, let's talk about Ole Miss. Bit of a lighter subject. Does anybody remember what happened there? Ole Miss. Does anybody remember what happened here? Ole Miss? Hmm. Well. Well, let's talk about this. So, um... There was uh, just to uh, just to bring things um, bring everybody up to speed that may have been under a rock in college football for the last few years. Uh, there once was a man named Hugh Freeze that um, came to Ole Miss by way of I believe Arkansas State beforehand and was a high school coach before that I believe in Memphis maybe something like that maybe Mississippi I have no idea. Anyway, came to Ole Miss. Ole Miss is a perennial whipping dog of the SEC. Never been much of anything. He comes there basically shortly after he gets there. They start signing unbelievable recruiting classes, basically with kids that have been committed to big-time programs like, say, Alabama, LSU, and Georgia in that region. And these kids flip to them like overnight after taking one visit to Ole Miss. And, of course, fans from those schools do not, you know, immediately call foul play that these guys are getting, these kids are getting paid or something is happening. So Hugh Freeze goes on Twitter, and I do not have the tweet up right now, but the gist of it was, 
uh, was a righteous in indignation. Yeah. We said if you yes. have information regarding, I don't know, special treatment or whatever of players, please report it to whatever compliance, that compliance email address or, or whatever. Yeah, he, he had the Ole Miss compliance email address. Which, of course, led to thousands of emails to that compliance email, most of which I'm sure were people just yelling at him and whatever. Don't forget, we, and, had, that, uh, we had that offensive lineman during the draft uh, admit that he got paid. Yes, also, we had was hotboxing that, that <laughs> gas mask gas in mask. the picture. <laughs> well, yeah, but that, that has nothing. Yeah. That doesn't really have anything to do with old Miss cheating. That's just him being... No, mask. but it was... This, it They're was referring the to night. Laramie Tunzel. Who yeah. yeah. was one of the yeah. players who was always rumored well, to get money. It's not a good look when that when that is being discussed on on the first round of the NFL draft and the kid fell from whatever he was he was going to be a top pick and I think he fell to fifteen quite a bit he fell like ten picks yeah, yeah he was like 15, yeah I think. yeah so anyway not a good look while um, okay so time passes the NCAA announces that they found I think it was twenty one violations in the Ole Miss program and. Uh, a small portion of those were blamed on Houston Nutt, who was a former coach at Ole Miss, mm -hmm. among other programs. Mm -hmm. And uh, at the time, Ole Miss was spinning it that before the violations were named, that they were all they were basically all Houston Nutt's problem, and that none of it was under Hugh Freeze. Well, when it comes out, it's actually the opposite. Most everything was Hugh Freeze's staff and associated with him. And more importantly, the NCAA uh, leveled a lack of institutional control charge against them, which if we had MRE on here, he could probably break down more in legal terms what that means, but um, it's never a good thing. And usually as the, I guess you'd say, harbinger for major uh, sanctions coming down from the NCAA. Uh -huh. Anyway. Fast forward to a few weeks ago, and on the day that Hugh Freeze was to speak at SEC Media Days, Houston Nutt, the former head coach, who had demanded a, an apology from Ole Miss a couple weeks before, basically for blaming everything on him when it wasn't really, most of it wasn't his fault. Like He owned the, the issues that had happened, I think, but he didn't want to be a scapegoat for everything. He just wanted his apology, apparently. And some happen. And so uh, <laughs> on the day of this, uh, what did he, he filed a lawsuit or something against them? Was how this really got kicked up at yeah, SEC yeah, Media was, Days? Is that right? He filed a lawsuit for, like, I think wrongful termination or something along the lines. Like, he didn't get money or something, I believe. Oh, here it is. A defamation lawsuit. Yeah. And, okay, so his attorney then later on they asked for all of the phone records for Hugh Freeze because it's a um, it's a state phone basically, you know, so it can be um, Freedom of Information Act requested whatever, and <laughs> so this uh, his lawyer for some reason the the information gets to <laughs> this guy that ESPN was reporting uh, he's basically a a Mississippi State booster who has the Mississippi State logo tattooed on his left hand. <laughs> and so he reviews Freeze's phone records, and there's like thousands of records, obviously. And they found a number for 
for an escort service on there. Keeping in mind that this is a man who has, for his whole tenure there, has been very, very outspoken about his Christian faith and just wears it on his sleeve. And all of this was, you know, persecution and, you know, righteous will prevail and all this other stuff. And literally within uh, 24 hours, I think it was probably within hours, Ole Miss started to dig into this more. And what it sounds like is they probably had some concerns about this already, and they probably knew he was into this stuff anyway, it sounds like. But once it got out, they fired Houston. I think it was was it last Thursday, I believe. Yes. I think it was last Thursday because I was out and I saw on my phone, I got like a Twitter update that there was going to be an announcement soon and that they were going to fire him. And then like five minutes later, they were like, yep, he's gone. And Miss, Ole Miss is having a um, a press conference in like half an hour to announce it. So anyway, it came out that he's basically been, um, apparently this was a pattern. And from what Stephen Godfrey was saying on the was a podcast and played nobody. He said this kind of thing was basically known about Hugh Freeze, and nobody, nobody called him out on it because it's basically like everybody else is into it. it is do everybody's cheating on everybody anyway? And um, I don't know. It, I'm not sure why it, it hadn't come out until this point, but it is funny that a rival uh, fan basically found this, and of course that Houston Nut who had a history and was actually fired from Arkansas over similar things that were found in a public request like this over phone records with a, was it with a teacher or something he was hooking up with? I don't know what Houston Nutt, but it's ironic that Houston Nutt was the one to bring Hugh Freeze down, who the other coaches apparently called Freeze uh, Jimmy Swag. So that's interesting. I love that. Jimmy Swag. What a name. <laughs> Did we lose Andrew and Chris? No, I'm here. Sorry. We're all just listening to your all wonderful right. uh, yeah. story. I, I, to be honest with you, uh, that that was all by memory. I did not have any of that written down. Um, hopefully I did justice to it, but I think that there is some There's some poetic that, justice here. I, I know that yeah, it's not really super relevant for the story, but I feel like we're it, it's... We're doing it a disservice by not mentioning uh, Hugh Freeze's filibuster at the uh, SEC Media Days right before this. <laughs> he got, what, 30 minutes to speak, and his he spoke for, what was it, like 23 minutes or something? Crazy like that? It was, yeah, it was a long time. He was filling his time. And then the, uh, the AD or someone that was interviewed right before that saying, like, you know, we stand behind Hugh Freeze. He, didn't do he hasn't done anything illegal or wrong. And then, like, a day later, fired. Well, I think yeah, that um, <laughs> if it was just the sanctions, I think they would have kept him. I, I think that, um, which is funny, that they, that this is, like, way worse to them than, than oh, man. lack of institutional control well, or whatever. Well, now they still have to go before the NCAA and right. defend a guy that was lying about stuff yeah. this whole time and say, oh, he was lying about those things, but not about this. Like, they have to go in there and defend a coach that they fired with cause. Like, he's not getting paid a buyout or anything. Um, so, interesting. I just thought it was uh, it was kind of about time 
that um, one of those schools that started getting uppity got smacked down, I guess. Get the uppity schools out of here. Uppity schools. So um, let's get on to our Pac-12 preview, and maybe we can uh, maybe we can bring Chris back into this. If he can wake up, maybe take a little siesta out there on the West Coast after work. No, I'm here, um, roasting in the heat. All right. All right. Um, heat? You don't have AC? No. They I'm in Seattle. don't have AC on the West Coast. They also don't usually have heat. I, I, I don't... That also blows I, my I mind. I that, but like, shouldn't you just have it just in case? And just not turn it on? Is it that hard to... I mean, I don't build houses, so I don't know, but would it just be that hard to have? Well, I mean, I'm pretty sure Southern California, it, everyone has AC, but up in Seattle, winter is like six months long, so what's the point, really? Winter. Like how, like how hot was it there too. today? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean it's not incredibly hot. Like if there's anyone listening from the south or you know Southern California or anything like that, they're, they'd be laughing. But it's hot for Seattle. So what's hot for Seattle? Like what's the temperature? Uh, I don't know what it is right now. Actually, um, let me look. I mean, what was the high today? I'm just curious. I'm pretty sure we were close to 100 today. It's 76 degrees right now. Oh, what? I'm so sorry. That's yeah. that's that's Windows Open AC off weather. Exactly. Yeah, I do live in an apartment Can on the you... top floor though, so I'm kind of roasting in here. But yeah. Yeah. So it goes. I can see that. Uh, yeah, your your high tomorrow is 70, and your low is 55. So that's your weather update for Seattle. Yeah, and that's our Pac-12 preview. There you go. And that's our Pac-12 preview. Tune in next week something else um, <laughs> but i guess we can actually try to talk about this um let's do it so let, let's try to uh chris do you uh you can see this spreadsheet here can you walk us through who is in each division because we don't know yeah so basically you can cut off the northern part of california oregon and washington that's your north division and everyone else everyone else is in the south division it's, oh, okay. Yeah, it's kind of weird with Colorado and Utah because they're they could be in the North Division, I guess, because they're kind of around the same. Is that latitude or longitude? I don't know. Whatever. They could be in the North Division. You could swap them out with the Northern California schools, but the conference decided to go this way to kind of split California up because of how important the state is to the rest of the conference. They want people to always be able mm -hmm. to play a game in California for recruiting purposes and things of that nature. So that's why the divisions are the way that they hmm. are. Well, it's no legends and leaders, but it's it's something. <laughs> yeah. We should do a random it works. test during the Big Ten preview of you can name the legends and leaders. We will. And then we'll see. Uh, what that's, our a, that's a good idea. We'll see <laughs> if this, we can name who's who was in each that? one. Is it still called that? No, it was, different. it was really called the legends and leaders for one year, and they've rearranged the divisions three times since then. Yeah, but what are the what are the divisions <laughs> called now? Isn't it like uh, East West now? East West or something? Okay, okay. Now do the do the division? Well, we're we're skipping ahead here, but uh, do the divisions, Andrew, actually align where you could draw a line, however squiggly, and say these are the East and these are the West teams, or do they cross over and it it doesn't uh, even really mean anything about direction? You could draw a line, but one of them has to be pretty horizontal. <laughs> I figured that. Somewhere in Indiana. Well, I thought you guys were smart in the Big Ten. That Big Ten education. Yeah, well, 
Yeah, anyway. So, Pac-12 North. I'm just going to run through it real quick. I know he kind of gave a little walkthrough here. Um, we got Cal, Oregon, Oregon State, Stanford, Washington, and Washington State. And in South, you got the Arizonas. Huh? I'm sorry. Go ahead. Finish. Okay. The Arizonas. Arizona, Arizona State. You got Colorado, UCLA, USC, and Utah. And so there is your Pac-12 preview. Did they already have the media days? Uh, media day started today, actually. I guess media oh, days. So you guys don't know who, like, are predicted to win each Oh, um, I, they released it today. Uh, oh, okay. The North was... I'll put the link in the chat here. But basically, uh, the two division winners got 49 out of the 52 votes in both divisions. Uh, Washington and USC. Um, the North division was Washington, then Stanford, Wazoo, Washington State, Oregon, Oregon State, and then Cal. Uh, and the South division was USC, Utah, <laughs> UCLA, Colorado, Arizona State, and then Arizona and Richrod. We can all agree that Oregon's still mm. the worst Pac-10 team, though, right? Or Pac-12 team? Like just in terms of hatred, mm. or yeah, in terms of quality? just just like of awfulness. Of just all like the how above. You feel about them? Okay. Yeah. I, I could stand with that. Yeah. Uh, if we want to talk just sheer like like just being bad at football, it's always Cal. Well, yeah, but they're kind of like lovable losers. Yes. Are they? Yeah. yeah. You like pet them on the head. Yes. You're like, it's, it'll get better, Cal. Don't worry. I was trying to think of which one of the crazy Cal schools, had, California schools, had the weird band, and then I was like, oh yeah, that's Stanford. Yeah. Who's like right. almost so forgettable to even like, like they're good, but I would just forget like, oh yeah, Stanford. I'm trying yeah. to think of like what pack team I hate the most, and then. USC. I just, well, I just uh, feel like I'm so indifferent towards all of them. Like I just don't care. It's mostly because of the Oregon fans. Yeah. Oh, I've never met any Oregon fans. Lucky you. Most are in <laughs> Well, I mean, yeah. <laughs> all right. I just USC for me because of the Pete Carroll years and how like just fawning over like Matt Liner and Reggie Bush and everybody else like that they had. I don't know. I just remember like the the like thirty minute specials on Liner taking like ballroom dancing for his last year at USC and just watching his workout routine. Of course, that happened later with Tebow too. I'm not, I'm not gonna lie. But, I kind of like Pete Carroll. Uh, like I hated him at the time because he was like running college football, kind of the way that you like everyone kind of like hates Saban because he runs college football. Uh, yeah. But there's like yeah. something like Pete Carroll always kind of just seems like a like a likable dude outside of his 9/11 craziness. But yeah, he just seems he kind of looks like Bill Clinton what? too. Oh, he's a 9/11 Wait, truther. Oh no way, oh. 100%. Hmm. Would you yeah, guys think oh. that's that's better or worse? Jet that, fuel that doesn't melt well, steel beams. Do you think that's like a worse conspiracy theory to believe in than Kyrie believing that the uh, Earth is flat? Yeah, Kyrie's dead Definitely. to me, so I don't want to talk about him anymore. What you I mean? Are you thinking that's an inside job is a stupider thing to believe than the Earth is flat? Uh, yes. Yeah, I think it's a more harmful thing because uh, if the Earth is flat, like I'm, no I'm one's not. gonna die, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not saying okay. I'm not saying more dangerous. Uh, okay. Well, yeah. I don't yeah. know. I just okay. <laughs> I think they're both pretty right. dumb, but I feel like the Earth is flat has been scientifically proven pretty well. So 
I hear the jury's still out on science, so. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. All right. To be fair, if That's, I can just I interject here. Arrested development quiz. As far as I'm aware, Pete Carroll has never actually said he believes it's an inside job. He's just never shot it down. Uh-huh. Okay. Uh-huh. Mm. Uh-huh. He's like, oh yeah. So what you're that saying is interesting is... things going on there, and I wonder, I wonder what happened there, and blah blah blah. I'm a Seahawks like, fan. I, I'm just saying, it, maybe, maybe the government did it. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> yeah, man. You know, did you ever think about that? Like, like it's a possibility. We'll never know. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, man. All right. Okay. But yeah, wow. oh, All right. If I can, we I would, throw I would one more thing. Really in here. I just want to say, I. I I'm with Andrew. I don't. I have nothing against Pete Carroll and I or USC from the mid 2000s. Those, I actually enjoyed watching them. I'll be honest. Like, Reggie Bush it, was fun to watch. Yeah, as fun as it is for us to point and laugh at, like when Reggie Bush got that stuff. Like they got a raw deal in that, but it was all of us like laughing because it was like, ha, like the top of college football is falling apart because of this, right. you know, bullshit right. thing. Well, I, I, I like. Are we forgetting about Pete Carroll? having a, a show cause thing against them and when when stuff started to come down he bailed on them are we forgetting about that i mean i don't think that's really that crazy i figure most coaches would probably do that but okay but wait, hold on hold on but I mean, do you think he would not have left if they didn't have anything coming down on them i think that he got the chance to go to the nfl he was gonna go either way uh i mean yeah sure you you probably take that gig if it comes your way or did he I don't know. It, it just seems like a shady thing to me to to be there when there's a bunch of stuff going on. It's very convenient time. And the school no, no, gets yeah, hammered I, for it, I, and I then he just too. leaves. Well, I mean, right. I would say it's convenient. They had and they, played for three Well, because he bailed, and there's no reciprocation from the NFL, over, like from NCAA penalties, so he literally got off with nothing happened to him, but the school was hammered over what Reggie right. Bush did. And the right. players were ultimately hurt because uh, – Bull ban, right? I think so. Yeah, I, mean, I think I, I think we can agree that uh, the NCAA may have uh, gone a little too far with their punishments. Uh, on US. Yes, indeed. So Which is simply they did. Of. But uh, yeah, <laughs> but I I don't I just I think that Pete Carroll would have left anyway. I mean I think he wanted to be an NFL coach. So I, I mean yes, it seemed like a very. Uh, opportune time for him to leave but i, I mean i, I think sure. that even if they didn't have those sanctions coming he probably would have left well the pete Car- pete carroll um he has a pretty good coaching tree doesn't he if we look back on that i'm trying to think of who came <laughs> from him but uh, i know norm, that he's norm, no ch- idea norm chow you know the great <laughs> who's great hasn't, coordinator. Amount, hasn't amount anything since he became a head coach uh, <laughs> great coordinator, though. Legitimately great coordinator, but not, wasn't, not a good head coach. Head wasn't coach. Kifkins, was Kifkins ever there with him? So Kiffin and Sarkeesian were the co-offensive coordinators oh, yeah. after Chow left. So that's a, that's a hell of a so legacy right there. Alabama's downfall is also caused by Pete Carroll? I'm okay with that. Oh, Potentially, man. yes. Yeah. I'm okay with that. It is a... Uh, it's a very influential coaching tree, just maybe not in the the way that you would want. <laughs> uh, I guess we'd probably say that uh, that Belichick probably has the. And wait, who was his? Uh, was it Shanahan? Was his? Oh, I forget who was. Like who was the one that that taught like Belichick all that? Parcells. I think. Parcells, yeah, yeah I think yeah, it, was it was Parcells. Parcells. Yeah. 
and then uh, Saban branched off the Pel- uh, Belichick tree, and then of course a ton of people from Charlie Weiss. college can trace their roots to um, Saban. All right, let's move on. <laughs> Charlie Weiss, yeah. He- All right, let's move on. Yeah, yeah. Oh yeah, if I could throw one more thing so, in uh, on the hating the Pac-12 thing, uh, USC's been down for a okay. long time, and so yeah. I think people have kind of forgotten what it's like to hate USC when they are good, uh, and. If things turn out the way people expect them to this year, that might come back a little bit. Because if you remember that team that lost to Texas in the national championship game was like being called the greatest college football team of all time before they even played a game and stuff like that. So we might see some of that start mm. coming back. We'll see though. I'm actually well, like I mean, I'm actually yeah that doesn't even that doesn't even register with me. I hear it every year with Alabama anyway. Darnold's the future. So let's talk about. Um, We'll talk about the two prohibitive favorites here, which are Washington and USC. So Washington, you want to talk about your team here or with the preview that I wrote, or you just want to go for it, Chris? I could just go for it, and then you can add on anything that you want afterward, I guess. Uh, So basically, we lost three-fourths of our starting secondary to the NFL, Um, lost a defensive tackle, lost John Ross, who broke the combine record for the 40-yard dash, had like 17 you know, touchdowns last year. You know, he only got a 98 speed in Madden. I mean, you would think if somebody broke the record, all-time record, they would get a 99 speed, but he didn't. Yeah, that's interesting. And the funny thing Fournette about got that a 66 is, and something. Wow. And the funny thing about <laughs> that is he actually pulled up at the end because he was cramping yeah. up. So, yeah, hmm. that's a thing. Um but basically, everyone expects them to be good because the quarterback comes back four out of five starters on the offensive line. Um, they only lose one receiver. They bring both of their running backs back that had like 2,300 yards combined last year or something like that. Front seven is mostly intact. Um, they lost arguably their best defensive player last year in the USC game, and so they didn't have him for the final four or five games. He's back, uh, Azim Victor, the middle linebacker. Uh, and they're really high on the talent that will be stepping in uh, in the secondary. They think they're they're just going to reload at this point because our DB coach is an incredible recruiter and a really good coach, and he won't be here for very long, probably. So that's kind of why the expectations are so high. Okay. Do you guys think All right. USC this year? Or do you guys even play them? Uh, we do not play them this year, and... That potentially sets up a monster Pac-12 title game if things go as people expect. Uh, potentially undefeated Washington and potentially undefeated USC. Um, I would think that if Washington and USC do meet and the winner of that game has one loss or less, they're a lock for the playoffs. So that might end up being just like a quarterfinal for the playoffs, basically. But hey, we'll see how guys, the season goes. You guys do... Um... Like one team gets home field advantage for the championship game, don't you? Uh, no, we did that when we first started playing the championship game for mm-hmm. I forget how long, a year or two maybe. But they moved it to the 49ers stadium in Santa Clara. Oh, okay. Yeah, and they actually just extended that contract until 2019 with an option for 2020, which is when the Raiders stadium in Las Vegas is expected to open. Coincidentally enough. Um, and we have our Pac-12 basketball tournament there. So 
I'm kind of hoping that they start playing mm. the conference championship game in Vegas because it's Vegas, and that would be pretty great. So we'll see. Indeed. I've learned so much about the Who doesn't? today. Yeah, I mean, I, my knowledge is was zero before, and now I feel like I could. I've kind of gotten a Cliff Notes version. Yeah. So I'm just excited for some more Pac-12 right. pac after dark. <laughs> yeah, Pac-12 after dark is all right. We always get you some know, like, really weird, like kind of like fucked up game, like in the middle of October, uh -huh. and it's always in Arizona. Super and I dumb. Arizona yeah. schools at like 10:30 at night. It's like a quadruple overtime. It's like raining sideways, but also sunny, and you're like, "What the hell is going on?" Rich Rod's out there <laughs> running around, and then it's I do love how it's, in Texas. Uh, I do love how it's like at 10:30 at night, but then it's like bright outside in the, at the stadium, and I'm like, "Man, this is really messing with my head." And Mike Leach is out there, and he's like, and they're scoring like seventy points or something, yeah, like a, and they're giving up like sixty-five. He's got like a, uh, like a skeleton <laughs> just hanging out out there with him. It's like a whole thing. Yeah, he's cool. Good lord, Mike Leach is great too. Uh, I also don't hate Mike Leach. Okay. He seems pretty cool. <laughs> I don't either. I'd I love to hang out with yeah, him. I don't hate him. Let's talk about USC, I guess. They're really, I, I wrote down here, they're really boring because they have Sam Darnold and a bunch of five-star athletes who we don't know right now, but they're probably going to be really good. Did you see? And probably uh, going to win the Darnold said he's going to come back division. most likely because he doesn't want to play for the Browns. <laughs> he said that? Yeah, he actually said, oh, he didn't say the Browns part, but he's like, I'd probably come back for another year. And everyone's like, yeah, because he don't want to play for the Browns. The Browns and the Jets. That's pretty much what, what mean, he's looking I mean, at. They're probably going to be perennially top two picks. So, I, like, I get what he's saying, but you might not dodge the bullet, and you, you. Might I mean, no one's saying the Browns will be for granted that he's going to be the top pick anyway. Like, what if something were to, God forbid, happen to him? Like, hey, even if you have a little I, bit of a slump, man. Remember, after the end of at the end of twenty, it's kind of presumptuous. Like, like Deshaun Watson was, Watson was a lock to be the number one pick in the draft, and then. Last year happened, and then he didn't even go. He wasn't even. He was the third quarterback taken. So it's just Mitchell Trubisky. You, like <laughs> okay. staying. I mean, not not that Deshaun Watson had a choice, but if you have a choice and you your stock is so high, like, well, I just don't understand why a player would not go when their stock is. At the I mean, look at Matt Barkley from Patrick USC. Mahomes. Matt Barkley was right. supposed to be the number one pick, and now he's like barely hanging on to a backup job. I mean, yeah. you got to strike when the iron's hot, man. Exactly. You never know what's going to happen. Just go. Man, you don't ever know if these guys are going to work out anyway. Like, right. Not like so freaking Mitch Trubisky the, going to the Bears that or whatever. First contract to be as fat as possible because you never know if you're, you don't know if you're going to be yeah. there when that contract is up. It'll be interesting to see how he does this year. Now that the spotlight's on him, he kind of came out of nowhere last year. If you remember, uh, he didn't start until like Game Four or something like that. He wasn't the quarterback when Alabama ran them off the field. Yeah. So yeah, it'll be interesting. Now do you guys think Oregon gets any better this year? Do you Oregon? Uh, I mean, it's hard for them yeah. to get worse. Did they only win like four games last year? Yeah. 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 They, their so. offense was pretty good. They started a true freshman quarterback for the Washington game, which was about halfway through the year, and then he played the rest of the year, and he actually looks pretty decent. So they're Does anybody remember how their defense was last year? Awful. Like, beyond awful. So it was like, your normal Pac-12 defense. It's it's your normal. What would you expect from the Pac-12? Yeah. No, yeah, they, they average yeah. like 40 points a game, and they went four and eight. I mean, that's pretty much all you need to know. <laughs> yeah. Fair yeah. enough. 
Was their defense averaging giving up like 42 points a game or something? Uh, probably at least. I mean, we scored 70 I mean, on it had to be, in, right? in their stadium. So, oh, yeah. Man. That sounds like it would be fun. God. Oh, it was great. Was it after dark? Because maybe we could go back and watch that as like a homework assignment on YouTube. It's got to be out there somewhere. I don't remember. Like, just get us in the Pac-12 after dark spirit. Um, anyway, that's your homework if you feel like looking it up. Uh, UCLA, uh, we'll see how they do. Uh, Josh Rosen is coming back. He had a shoulder injury last year, right? Uh, an injury of some sort, yeah. He missed a bunch of time. Some sort, yeah. I know they let the whole offensive staff go, which was four people. So, you know, if things go really well, then they could maybe threaten in the South. I mean, who else is going to threaten USC in the South? I don't think anyone's going to threaten USC in the South. Colorado. Colorado, maybe? Maybe. They they lost a lot. They They lost a lot of seniors. I think Colorado will be all right, but I don't think they're going to be contending. Stuff happened with Mike McIntyre after the season, right? I forget. Like, what? Wasn't there some big scandal that happened? There was, like, one of his coaches. Wasn't he, like, a wife beater or something? And he kind of covered it up. Oh, yeah. Yeah, he did. And he knew about it, I guess, too. Mm-hmm. And he's still there. McIntyre is. Um, hmm. I feel like if he didn't have the season that he just had, which, let's face it, what, what were they, 10, 10 wins last year or something like that? Yeah. Um somewhere in that range. I mean, that's crazy for them. So, they were picked to finish but if last. he was if he was 4 and 8, like I would assume he would have gotten fired over that, but yeah. you don't fire a coach that won 10 games. That's how it goes. Sadly. That's how it goes. Sadly. That's how the cookie crumbles. Do we want to say anything else about the Pac-12 before we get on to uh, some questions from uh, I was, people? I was just pulling up their out of conference schedule see if there's anything interesting. Uh, Texas A&M at UCLA. Oregon's going to Wyoming for some reason. <laughs> yeah, that's an interesting one. Uh, uh, that looks like about it. Kind of a USC shame. plays Notre Dame as usual. Well, no one Might be uh, the nail in Brian Kelly's coffin when they lose by like 50. Yeah, so out of conference, kind of Indeed. overall for... The Pac-12. Uh, Utah, BYU, like they do that every year too. So. Yeah. Isn't that the Holy War or something like that? Yep. What happens? I actually like watching that game. What happens if that it's game kind of fun to watch. somehow? They probably start early. What if it goes over past midnight? Do they just stop playing? I don't know. Yes. That'd be interesting. But BYU just forfeit. <laughs> that would be hilarious. <laughs> That would kind of suck for them, but, I mean, rules are rules, right? Yep. No pop. Yeah. I'll just throw a few things in here for the teams we didn't mention, I guess. Uh, Stanford won 10 games last year, and that was a down year for them. Everyone's like, oh, what's going on with Stanford? Just because they got smoked by UW in that Friday night game. But, yeah, they won 10 games, and we're still good with no quarterback again. So, yeah, Stanford being Stanford... Uh, Arizona, both the Arizona schools, their coaches are on the hot seat. So whoever loses that rivalry game is probably gone. Uh, hmm. Who's that and yeah. right now? Who's the issues head coach? Todd Graham. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Todd Graham. Former Always. pit coach, I want to say. That's Somewhere. 
somewhere around there. Seems about right. I always have a soft spot for Rich Rod and what joy he brought me for three seasons at Michigan. <laughs> he brought us something great in 2007. Yeah, so... Jeez. The... <laughs> Segway. Should we talk about 2007? I know that the SB Nation and Shutdown Forecast. It was a great year. It was the first year of the Big Ten Network. The very first game they ever showed 2007 was a high, was, <laughs> a high state, was Michigan versus Appalachian State. Very first game ever on Big Ten Network. And we know how that ended. And it was hey, what happened in that game? Well, I watched that game. It was how'd that end up times. going? Yeah. Uh, Appy yeah, State, I believe, that? blocked two field goals in the last six minutes of that game. Or Michigan missed one. And they blocked that last one. But then they blocked that field goal and almost took it back for a touchdown, which would have been even better. Uh, all I remember is we were watching it in the concourse of Ohio Stadium as we were, like, exiting to leave the stadium. And everyone was just standing there just watching on these last TVs. And the whole place just went ballistic. It was so hilarious. That's pretty great. Uh, how many? Uh, so, so let's set the stage for that. Now, App State at the time was basically your North Dakota State. Like they're an F FCS program that nobody wanted to play, right? Because they were on that level, they were winning national championships against the other FCS teams. And but still, I, I believe that Michigan two, was Michigan was top five going into that game. Yeah. Yeah, I'm trying to look up the article right now, but I think I that Michigan was favored by like 40 or something. Were, 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 like, like wasn't that. that like that happening? It changed something so that people could vote FCS schools in the top 25. Yeah, so Michigan, because I know App State was like uh, got was ranked after that. Michigan also got smoked by Sorry, Oregon in the game something. after that. Yeah, they did. I'm reading this right now. It was, uh, yeah, they were, Michigan was number five. And skimming through this. That was right. That was, okay, so that was the team that had uh, Jake Long, Mike Hart, and Chad Henney. And Mike Hart had made the statement that he was coming back for his senior year so he could beat Ohio State. And then he ended up losing to Ohio State. And they were the first Michigan team to ever lose to Ohio State four years in a row. <laughs> so... <laughs> Uh, that was a that was a special season because uh, they were was it still the Lloyd Carr era. Yeah, that was Lloyd's third. Uh, I think he had three more, two more seasons after that because he did that season and one more season, I believe. And then he was was done. the was that the season after the year that we had like number one Michigan versus number two Ohio State, like the game of the forever. Before yes. The, yep. Two thousand six. Uh, Alabama was the, and LSU started doing that. Two thousand six yeah. was the Ohio State Michigan one versus two game. Uh, so there's tons of hype coming out of that game because they basically returned that entire offense. Uh, and then we, we need to. We got to talk about some other insanity that happened in 2007. Okay, we got to do quick hits. Oh, yeah. So we got to do quick Real hits. Quick. We're already encroaching on an hour. I've got one. Yeah. Got one. All right. Bama lost to ULM. That's Louisiana Monroe. All right, go, Chris. Uh, Georgia pulled the upset of the century against the juggernaut Hawaii team in the Sugar Bowl. <laughs> hey, man. Uh, wasn't our fault that we got left out of the. Do we want to go there on 2007? Okay. Ohio State lost in the <sighs> Battle of the Epic Ill Illibuck Trophy rivalry to Illinois. All right, we got to save this Pitt West yeah, Virginia say, thing. Let's 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 come back to that. Let's talk about Les Miles first. Todd Beckman. That's also a link on the same the Les page. Les Miles one was the greatest. How many like close calls he had that year? He had, what, four or five, I believe? He had two triple overtime games, which he lost both of them. 
Oh, that <laughs> was who? that season. You remember? Uh, yes. And Kentucky. Kentucky, I think. Yes. Two that they lost in triple overtime to two bad teams and still made the national championship game and won it. Yes. A Todd Beckman led Ohio State. Good job, Ohio State. It was a Todd Beckman. Okay, starting quarterback was Todd Beckman, who was garbage. Backup quarterback was Joe Bowserman, who was also garbage. There we go. I love. uh, You got to go to the SB Nation thing uh, and watch his speech at the press conference. He goes, "Have a great day." That's how he ended it. Oh God, I loved it. Les Miles is great for football. We need him back. Uh, Okay, anything else before we talk about? Pitt in West Virginia. I didn't read all these things about what happened in 2007, but apparently UL, UAB almost hired Jimbo Fisher, but Saber wouldn't let it happen. So it would be interesting <laughs> what kind of his trajectory would have been if... Uh... I love that there's an article here on Houston Nut versus the uh, Freedom of Information Act <laughs> that that came... You know, Houston <laughs> used the Freedom of Information Act 10 years later on Hugh Freeze that we talked about earlier. Uh. 2007 was the birth of Jim Harbaugh when Stanford upset number two USC. The legend of Jim Harbaugh started that night. Yeah, that was also considered the biggest upset in D1 versus D1 history because wasn't Stanford like a 42-point underdog or something crazy? Yeah, Stanford had been completely awful, like one win awful previously well they lost really bad like the rest of the year right like they weren't a good team outside of that game yeah and i think like tavita pritchard was their starting quarterback or something and he was just like he's not the guy he's not a guy (laughs) you would expect to quarterback a team that would beat a number two usc okay but he did this this okay these three things uh explain why the 2007 was the greatest slash worst season of all time the following three teams were all ranked number two at one point. No, sorry. The following four teams were all ranked number two at a time in the 2007 season. Cal, yep. South Florida, yep. Boston College, <laughs> and, and Kansas <laughs> Yep. were all yes. ranked two at one point during the season. Also, Kansas went to a BCS Bowl. Yeah, well... It's a murderer's row right there. On the they, mighty they did fallen. win the Orange Bowl. And let's not forget Kansas beat Texas last season. Wasn't it like six number two teams lost that year? That was the cursed. It was just like a revolving door. Yeah. yeah, it was, it was yeah. seven. Seven. Wow. So, okay. All right. Hey, let's let, let's get to West Virginia and Pitt because this is great. All right. Okay. Let's set the stage here. West Virginia had was. I think they were number two. They like, were. They were one of those teams. Yep. They were number two. Last game yep. of the season. Last game of the season, they're playing Pitt. There's probably some nickname for this game that I am not familiar I with. I think it's like the Backyard but Brawl Pitt or something. Backyard Brawl, yeah. It is called yeah, Backyard yeah. Brawl. Yeah, yeah, that's it. That's the one. That's the one. All right, yep. so their QB was Pat White. They're, well, and this is when Rich Rodriguez was with them, right? Mm-hmm. They had yes. Noel Devine was their five-star freshman running back. They were um, they have Steve of, Slayton, um, too? Yep. Yeah, Slayton was there, yep. And so they were favored by 28 and a half. I'm trying to skim through the article. 28 and a half yes. over Pitt. All right. And <laughs> there's a quote here. 
and I don't know if we've earned our explicit rating or not, but I will just uh, censor it myself. It says, oh, this worry, was, I, I think, think they're center or somebody. Well, I think Andrew already dropped a couple F-bombs. You, you can just go ahead. I have a foul mouth. Okay. It's all right. If you want to read the quote, go ahead. But he uh, says, and then you get to the effing last game of the season, Blowit Schmidt says, against the crappiest effing team in the effing world, is what he said after the game. Uh, and Pitt uh, beat them, and this was like West Virginia had pretty much punched their card to the national championship game. And then they lose to just a god-awful team in pit who uh, i read this article it was they had a pretty good defensive uh game plan uh pit did for west virginia i thought pit had Lashawn yeah, mccoy uh, on the team too right he, dave wanstead was their coach i know that Dave Wanstead, and they just ran uh cover zero the whole time and had like eight or nine men in the box because all west virginia did was run and they couldn't pass yep. so they dared him to pass one-on-one coverage and they never got anything going Quick note, Owen Schmidt, the Apparently guy Pitt who shares a practice. Owen Schmidt, the guy who uh, gave us that quote, he was the fullback that beat himself over the head with yeah. the helmet and started bleeding. I remember that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was I it. I don't remember that. Is that in here? Yeah, he, he did it a couple <laughs> times. Like, he was like his thing he would do before games. He would, like, hit himself in the head, but the one time he did it, like, a whole bunch, like, busted his nose and head wide open. I bet when his family sends his wow. man, he's going to have CTE. I think that's no very doubt. possible. Apparently, Pitt shares a practice facility with the Steelers. Interesting. Yeah, that's where they I'm play. The they play in know. the same stadium. Yeah. Yeah. Well, apparently, they also share practice facilities. That's strange, but whatever. I guess that's what you get when you're in a major city and maybe there's no room for rather stuff or interest it's, in your team. It's kind of funny to look point. at the BCS teams or the teams that were in the BCS Bowls 2007. We had Illinois in a, game, in a BCS Bowl, Hawaii, <laughs> Kansas, mm-hmm. Virginia yeah. Tech, Georgia. Well, you know, none, like none of these teams belong there at all. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm sure none of those teams are ever going to sniff a playoff. Ohio there, State so there you go. was in there. They didn't belong there either. <laughs> I would agree that we somehow just ended up number one at the end of the season through some miracle acts of I, – I don't think any Ohio State fan was like, it's almost like yeah, we want to we want to play I, there. I just feel like there was really no team that was good that year. Not really. No. Was, they're all pretty bad. That's fair. We ended the season – UGA ended, ended the season on a tear, and we probably should have been in there. I don't want to get into the Georgia corner yet. <sighs> all right. Did, uh, Chris, do we want to ask your question on the air here? Uh, is this a serious question about Hugh Freeze? Semi-serious. I'll, I'll just ask it. All right. I wish we, Go ahead. I wish we had ask Mike us. here because I think he could give us I the too. Best I mean, answer. he's listening. Okay. We can't well, hear The question is, how long until Hugh Freeze ends up back in the SEC, and which school will it be, and why is that school Auburn? <sighs> there you go. It's, it's Auburn, and it's going to take about four or five years. It will be Louisville after Petrino goes somewhere else. Mm, yeah, Auburn maybe. Ole Miss maybe. Hmm. <laughs> That's an Just intriguing like a circle. Yeah, well, I, yeah. <laughs> no, it's a, that's gonna be Kiffin. We already know that. Uh, I mean, Elaine Kiffin. All I know is we need to get Petrino and Patino out of the same school because it's very confusing to me. 
I get so confused when it we're is. talking about them. Like, would you say Petrino or Patino? We're talking about Louisville regardless. I don't know. The Speaking of escorts, is, they're both Patino. Yeah, they're both <laughs> yeah. super scummy uh, human beings, and it's funny that they're both at the same school. Anytime, but it's not really surprising. Given the it's almost like they don't care. Yeah. Anytime I see the kind of yeah. people they bring in. Anyone time anyone says uh, Petrino's no, name, I just picture him at his press conference with like the thing on his neck, just looking the like completely brace. shocked. Yeah. That's the picture in my head instantly. Is that picture every single time? Yeah, me too. <laughs> that was pretty great. It's a classic picture. Um, all right, let's let's go to this next question, which is from uh, a, a Bama fan. They Some are curious. Some would say the best freshman what... Bama poster of all time. Yes. Yeah, but I don't know what you're talking about a poster, like unless you're talking about on the wall. Uh, best freshman but... emailer of all time. <laughs> From That's Bama. right. So we we will be setting up a uh, an email address for this. I think we do have one. It's just someone, the person that owns it, is uh, in a really shitty part of the country right now. Oh yeah, probably. All right, so. Um, we will be on that. We'll let you know what the email address is soon. Anyway, the question is, actually curious what you think the floor for Kirby Smart, uh, this is at UGA, if you don't know, needs to be to keep the fan base happy this season, short of some four-win fiasco. I don't think they'll fire the guy since it's the second season. U- UGA roster is pretty talented on paper, and the East is still iffy. I think he needs to challenge, beat everyone on their regular season schedule, except for Florida, Auburn, and maybe Georgia Tech, in order to avoid entering next year on the hot seat. This is the program that fired Rick for winning 10 games a year after all what say you. Yes, uh, that's what I say. I like how he says the East is still iffy. That's like the nicest thing anyone can say about the East. I've, I will say this, the that, the, that the West is awful outside of Bama and that the East just doesn't have Bama. Um, I think, I feel like the I think West that, that the East is actually a more teams ranked at the end of the year. I don't. Besides UGA and maybe Florida, who else could be ranked out of the East at the end of the season? Don't laugh. Um, it, that team to. could actually be Kentucky. <laughs> um, but yeah, I said don't laugh. Well, I'm um, gonna laugh anyway. Kentucky's actually they they actually have a good quarterback, and Benny Snell's their running back. He's like nobody's gonna talk about him, but that kid is super legit. He's really good. Um, I think. I think Kentucky is actually going to be like probably an eight win team this year, which is, you know, for them that's pretty good. Okay. Tennessee, good lord, I, we're we're not really on that yet. So anyway, let let's talk about the question. So what was the floor for Kirby Smart? Well, um, in some time that I had some downtime, I looked at the roster, and I know that SB Nation has, usually do a blue chip uh, rating like uh, count on every team yeah, they haven't done it yet for this year yeah, yeah. and uh, so I did that um, for UGA and basically the blue chips are four and five star recruits and their um, consensus consensus is that nobody in the modern era has won the national championship without having more than 50% of their roster as blue chippers or four and five star players uh, Clemson was 55% last year Alabama was in the 70% range I believe Maybe Clemson eighty. Was the lowest, no, I think it was seventy. Yeah, yeah, and Washington was slightly lower. I can't remember if they were above the fifty percent. They, they were, were under, close. If they, they, were, they weren't, they were in the forties, I think. Percent. Forties. Okay. All right. Um, and um, 
was the, I mean, I know Ohio State was up in the, they were north of 50. I can't remember if they were, they weren't as high as Bama. Uh, they were fairly close. Anyway, UGA ended up, when I did the count of the numbers, they're at 66% this year of their roster are blue chip players. Last year they were in the 50s, I think 50 to 55 range. So the talent level on the team has improved. That said, a lot of the talent that's there is really young. Um, they came in last year and this year. Um, a lot of good offensive linemen, but the problem is that you can't start a team of five true freshmen in any conference and expect to do well, and they're not really expecting to do that either. They're expecting to start a bunch of guys that did not do great last year and then maybe one or two freshmen on your one of one or two of your tackle spots. I expect those freshmen to work their way in as the season goes, but um, I think the season goes as does the offensive line. We shall see. As far as the roster goes, though, I think anything less than w- um, winning the division would be poor. Um, UGA has, like I said, 66% of the roster is blue chip players. I mean, they have talent. Um, it's time to use that talent, and they should win the division. If they don't, I would say that that's a disappointment. I will agree with you. I don't think he goes on the hot seat uh, unless unless they go like six and six or something like that. But anything. What if he? Like, I think people would be disappointed so what if, he if he was like a, nine wins and doesn't what win. If he dials an escort number. <laughs> <laughs> well, he has never. Hey, hey man, if he wins be, the conference, who cares? He's never. Right? Also, he's never pretended to be a good uh, Christian man, so maybe that that's just par for the course for him. Maybe, who knows? Uh, that's all I got to say about the Georgia corner. So, um, and we already talked about the last question, which was talk about the insanity, which was 2007. It was a crazy year. What was the craziest thing? I mean, I, for me, it has to be West Virginia and Pitt, probably, but. I think I the also accept Michigan. thing for me is LSU somehow backing into the national championship and then winning it. I remember all the, but the, their only losses were in triple overtime thing. Like those don't really count as losses. <laughs> yeah, like no, it was Les Miles said. We we are never lost in regulation. Yeah, we haven't lost in regulation, is what he said. We have no losses in regulation. Yep. <laughs> it's a brilliant political quote, man. Kansas so beat good. Nebraska 76-39 that season. <laughs> Holy shit. That's yeah. pretty incredible. Yeah. I, also, sorry, some, I and, and like thinking of like what we're used to in today's like kind of standard, they beat Baylor 58 to 10, which Baylor only scoring, scoring 10 points is hilarious too. Yeah, that was before the Browns era, I guess. They lost their game, the last game of the season to Missouri. 28-36 to not make the national championship game. That's when they had that big fat guy as their head coach. What was his name? Oh, uh, uh, he and he used to wear those like um, he would wear like those, the like, jogging suits. suits. Yeah, but they were like suede or something. Uh, guy, he like he could have been there. He could have been like the Orange Bowl mascot. They yeah, put yeah. him in orange. Forget his name. <laughs> what was his name? Well, oh we'll ne- we'll never know. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Mark Mangino. There you go. Also, oh, nice. their offensive coordinator that year is our current offensive coordinator. Oh, wait, no, he's not. Ed Warner's now with Minnesota. Ha-ha. Just kidding. No, you just you, – you guys, your offensive coordinator is the guy that was fired at Indiana, right? Uh, Yes. Yeah. But 
more to come Wait, on What that. was he fired for again? Uh, he was mean to some kids. <laughs> Can you elaborate? Did he lock him in a shed like Mike Leach or something? Yeah, he locked him in a shed. It was like, I don't know. I think he was just mean to some kids. Didn't they say, like, I don't I don't know the full story. We'll get into that during the Big Ten preview. We'll research that and come back with that. Oh, yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll deliver an expose on Kevin Wilson and his time at, uh, at Indiana. <clears throat> all right. Uh, that is all the questions that we received, unless somebody posted something in the thread later that I missed. What? Which is certainly possible. I'm going to skim it real quick. I'll just I say the biggest memory see. of 2007 for me was that was the last time I had a glimmer of hope for the Tyrone Willingham era. Because the next year we went 0-12. Hey. Jake Locker, yes. if I remember correctly, was starting as a true freshman that year or was it the year after you know i think that i think that we really didn't do justice to 2007 until we go back and talk about uh alabama getting beaten by louisiana monroe can we talk about that real well, quick we can i just don't feel like that's the craziest thing that it was his first that was his first yes. year if i remember I mean, correctly but this team. is louisiana monroe right yeah hmm that was a down period That's for Alabama, bad. though. If I remember correctly, they had lost to Hawaii, coincidentally enough, a few years earlier, or like a year or two but earlier. But you know what? Like They haven't had a lot of down periods since then, so let's just take this one opportunity that we got until Saban retires to point and laugh that they went 6-6 six and six that year, lost to Louisiana Monroe. Actually, I love this quote. This is Steve Spurrier. He says, hey, 2007. It's my Steve Spurrier accent. Was that the year Alabama went six and six? Also, Saban's first year six and six lose to Louisiana Monroe. Two years later, win a national championship. How's that? Yep. How was my impression? Was that was that pretty good? Spot on. <laughs> Little ball coach. Uh, Spurrier doesn't forget anything. I swear. Uh, forgot how to recruit. Yeah, there's a great gif of this of this UL- Yeah, he did forget how to. Actually, I don't know if he forgot how to recruit. He just liked playing golf more than he liked recruiting. Yeah, he probably, I guess he probably just stopped and was like, whatever, they can handle it. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, this is a uh, – yeah. Well, anyway, we, we touched on uh, on ULM beating Bama at least. I just wanted to make Mike and our any of our Bama listeners happy with that. That's all the topics that we got. Do you guys got anything else you want to go over? I think we're going to uh, – do a new format we are no longer talking about video games on this podcast or tv or anything else that's not college football yeah we tend to lose about half the audience at that point i, I think so we're just going to stick with football like we can talk about last chance if we ever get caught up on that like reference it and stuff since it's related. okay well let's let's yeah. let's wait till everyone's finished before well we start i doing that. So let's I agree. tease I it that. let's say everybody should watch that <laughs> if you did not watch it last chance you is now in its second season of um on uh, Netflix, and it's about EMCC, which is what East Mississippi Community College, I think. Mm-hmm. They're JUCO, yeah, where they have prompts and, and they're <laughs> they're JUCO. They're probably the one of the better JUCOs in the country, junior colleges. And these guys, their rosters are made up of guys that pretty much get kicked off of Division One programs. Why they call it Last Chance U? And um, so they they have super talented players that have either problems with grades or um, violence or general uh, rule breaking 
Rawl. I was going to say Law or Rule Breaking. I couldn't decide, so I just kind of combined them. Uh, and then you got idiots like Chauncey Rivers that was kicked off UGA for failing three drug tests before he even played one game. Um, so anyway, the it's a pretty good show though. Um, if you're into yes or HBO's Hard Knocks or anything like that, I mean it's kind of a college, like JUCO college version of that. I guess I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Plus, you'll be able to see all these guys before they start playing for. Uh, Louisville, you know, Auburn. bigger programs. Yeah. Louisville, Auburn, uh, two of those guys are now on Mississippi State. Oh, I didn't know. Actually, Chauncey Rivers is on Mississippi State now. Huh. Um, and somebody else, I forget. Um, so, yeah, all of these kids basically go to, and it's in, like, Scuba, Mississippi, which is, like, uh, just a, a crap town outside of this Juco, I guess. Like, nothing there. Several hundred people probably live there. There's a guy who makes and, lion uh, sounds. Nothing to do. Rawr. Yeah. We should do a um, a, th- a sound soundboard thing for him, maybe. Anyway, it's a cool show. Check it out. We'll probably try to talk about it in a few weeks because some of these jokers have only seen like one or two episodes this year. I'm I think I'm on episode five, maybe. And that's that. No more TV discussion. Maybe we'll have to start a second podcast for those of us that want to talk about TV or video games. <laughs> Anybody else got anything before we go? Nope. We'll be back next week with some other conference. I don't know which one. <laughs> so I'll be. We'll be back next week. Uh, hopefully, although I am actually on vacation, we'll be out of the state from the first through the eighth. So we'll see how this goes. It, when we say next week, it may actually be two weeks, and we may have to cover two conferences. We'll figure this out later. We're not good at math. Nope. All right. And I don't know if we need to do our names again, but this week we've had Andy, Andrew, Chris, and Tom. And please check out the co- the podcast, subscribe, review, all that stuff. And uh, hopefully the audio quality is a little bit better, even though the content, we make no claims on this being uh, a great show content-wise. We don't know why anybody listens, but we thank you anyway. And that will wrap it up for episode 25, and hopefully this is now the academically ineligible podcast. Thanks for checking it out. See you next week. Our intro song is called Tech It. The author is Pipe Choir. The song is available at pipechoir.com. And this is using the Creative Commons Attribution 4.0 International License. Thank you.